Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of the Food About Town podcast. In this episode, I sit down for an extended conversation with Paul Vroman of Aunt Rosie's. This is another of the follow-ups to my city newspaper reviews. Um, We sat down for about 45 minutes, and we could have talked for another 45, but had to cut it off somewhere. Uh, We had a great time. We covered food scene, um, you know, instruction as part of cooking, and some of our opinions on some burgers. I hope you guys enjoy, and I'll be uh, hopefully recording another one in a week or two. So uh, have a great time, and enjoy. I'm a fireball. Hey everybody, I'm here at an empty Aunt Rosie's on a weird warm day in October with Paul Vroman. What's going on, Paul? Not much. It's good to see you. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, it's kind of weird. This is the first the first podcast I did was with you a year, got a year and a half ago. Yep. I slapped an iPhone on a table in the old uh, brick and mortar offices. And this is true. We chatted for 25 minutes and... I barely knew you at the time. We just talked and had a good time. Yeah. And now it's a year and a half later, and we're in a completely different area. In a restaurant, and you've got a microphone and a computer with you. and <laughs> It almost looks like I know what I'm doing. Exactly. I mean, I still don't, but at least it looks like <laughs> I know what I'm doing. Um, so, I mean, that's I guess that's, let's, let's start there real quick. I mean, we went from a food truck to a restaurant in a year and change. Yep. And must have been a hell of a transition for you yeah it was uh you know it was you know obviously came from restaurants beforehand so it was easy to come back to um there was a big big change in the for me was i didn't have to worry about finding a parking spot and i didn't have to worry about you know permits and if we were in a, in a legal location um i mean which was, seems like it's only gotten worse and more you know it's the more trucks that get out there yes from what i'm following and, and speaking with uh, my friends still in the in the truck business that uh it hasn't gotten any friendlier. Yeah. Hopefully soon the, the vote that's coming up will be. Um, you know, we're all for them. Uh, I think any business is good business, and uh, it only promotes downtown togetherness and, you know, bringing people out. Um, you know, one one big positive of having a restaurant is when we opened up was just before winter, so I didn't have to go through another hardship of being on a frozen truck and, you know, and serving food. I was able to st- sit inside and watch the snow from, from out there. I mean, uh, you guys were one of the few that went through the whole winter. Yeah, we, we definitely weren't scared of the winter. Uh, we definitely froze. I definitely wore many, <laughs> many layers of clothing. Um, and, you know, it, it definitely had its ups and its downs. Um, you know, I, I do miss the, the truck scene of, of, you know, the interactions with the customers, uh, being, you know, very personal with them. We obviously have that uh, accessibility here because it's a you know quasi open kitchen, um, but I don't miss the the hard winters and the, you know the, the rainy days and and all of that. So yeah, I mean it was yeah not, not to make this a whole food truck podcast, but I mean it's it's still hard. I, I've talked to a few of the people other than you know the the big guns. I mean other than you know Poutine and Marty's truck, right. Beyond that, everybody else is struggling to bring people out. I mean, they bring they bring their own crowd. Everybody else, if they show up, they're dominating the crowds. They're bringing everybody else out, and everybody else is everybody else is grinding away trying to get 
catering, do little events, and it's. I think people kind of have romanticized the whole thing. You know, with that, with you know John Favreau's chef movie and everything else, right. it's it sounds great until you look at the reality of we have two big name trucks and everybody else is grinding as hard as they can. Yeah, well, you know, and it's uh, it is a grind. I mean, I think every business is a grind. I think you're always going to have your big guns that uh, that kind of dominate the scene of whatever whatever it might be. Um, you know the. Catering is definitely key in the food truck business because of you know we live in upstate New York where it's almost like winter ten months out of the year even though it's not um, you know so you have to you have to make uh, hey when it you know when the sun's out and then you know you got to figure a way in the winter time to, to make business and you know we were very fortunate with uh, the style of menus that we wrote that we we could do catering a lot um, so that helped us get through the winter um, you know we, we, it was a very successful business um, but you know it, it is a hardship and it's. Sometimes you have to weigh out the, the the positives and the negatives and figure out that you know, uh, you know it's it's a tough business, and you know I'd much rather be in one location and um, be able to know that I'm not going to have to drive down the street to set up a new spot. So you know I think uh, opening up a restaurant was the the right choice. Um, you know we're almost still, we're about three weeks four weeks away from our one year anniversary, uh, Jeez, depending on whenever this airs. Uh, you know and. Uh, it's it's never hasn't stopped. It's growing every day. Every day gets busier and busier. Um, and you know we're we're very fortunate because um, this location is a tough location. Yeah, I mean this is. I mean in the a while back when it first opened, the city newspaper did a a brief synopsis, and the question was asked is why is this one going to win? Yes. When it was you know duck soup and sushi and whatever else before that, and I mean from my perspective, I mean this is, I mean it's. It's hitting a particular market, but it's it's not for one specific group of people. Correct. I mean, it's hitting it's hitting the upscale theater market really nicely, but it's also like I've I come in in shorts and a t-shirt, and right? I never feel uncomfortable. It's you're always it's a comfortable place to be, and that's you know that's what we're going for. We don't want to be, um, you know, we, we 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 serve high quality food, fine dining food. You know, again, same same concept with the truck that we had that you know, but it was out of a truck, and we're doing it now in a restaurant. You know, we want to be able to, to let people come in in jeans and T-shirts and shorts and flip-flops and tank tops, you know, bikinis if they want. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, we're okay with that. Um, and, you know, we are hitting pretty much all areas of, of um, clientele. And, you know, and I think everyone who comes in is accepting of who's sitting next to them at a table. You know, it could be, a, you know, a four-top of people and, and you know, in, in tuxedos getting ready to go perform at the, the Philharmonics. And then, you know, uh, a group of college kids that are in for some pizza and beer before, you know, they go study or go play, you know, perform music. Um, we, you know, we we want to be friendly for everybody, you know, and, and I think we're doing that. Um, you know, touching that article uh, a, a year ago when we opened up, a little less than a year ago when that article came, you know, the question Dana asked me was, you know, that was that. Why this location? What's going to make it work? And, you know, I said that my blood, sweat, and tears were going to do it, you know. And the one thing I didn't want to do was, was eat my own words. And <laughs> up until this point, you know, I have yet to have to eat my own words. And, you know, we, we're we looking for growth. You know, we're, we're always expanding. Um, we, we started to pick up a lot more catering um, in-house and out-of-house, um, which is definitely uh, something that I don't know if the previous tenants did. Um, and that obviously helps out business uh, on a day-to-day basis. Um, well, I think you're bringing, you're bringing a, that mindset from the truck where you, you can't stop, you can't rest on your laurels. I mean, right. the food's great. I think you have a lot of dedicated customers, but you, 
can't rest on that. Correct. You have to be. Always have to grow that, that clientele base, you know. Um, we do have a lot of loyal customers, um, and we really enjoy them. We really enjoy them bringing in new people with themselves because uh, then they come back. Um, but, you know, we're, we're always out there trying to market new, new areas, um, different areas of bringing customers in, different styles of food to bring them in. Um, you know, it's Italian style at the end of the day. For sure. Uh, sometimes we get some backlash because, you know, try to run a banh mi for lunch, and, you know, it's an <laughs> Italian restaurant. But, you know, we, we do chicken liver mousse here. We've got pork belly. You know, why not go for it? Obviously, it wasn't a traditional banh mi. It wasn't on a Vietnamese baguette. But, you know, it's, again, it's always in style. We always like to play with our food and, and play with the words. So um, it's, it keeps growing. It's a so. cool place to be, though. I mean, the, the, the way I've always described it, it's, it's, it's playing within that Italian-style motif. Yes. But it, it's seasonal. It's local. It's, it's a flavor-driven menu more than anything else. Correct. I mean, sure, it's on gnocchi, it's on pasta, and maybe there's an Italian theme, but it never tastes like red sauce Italian, except for, like, one or two things. Right. You know, and, you know, when we opened up, that was kind of the the agreement that Tony and I had, was that, you know, lunch would be a little bit more red saucy, uh, because that's lunch, and, sure. you know, that sells to the people, and, you know, I mean, I love red sauce Italian, you know, um, but at the same time, I, I do love my, my local, um, I do love... Um, educating myself and what is local and what is seasonal as well as passing on that education to to the, the customers um, because at the end of the day that's what it's about it's you know i mean we always say always obviously always need to make money we always need to be busy we always need to do that but for me it's always about education um, growing up in the industry uh, if i ever was working at a place where i was no longer learning i would leave and i take that same that same mantra into to cooking food for the people on a daily basis you know i don't want to challenge people with food and words uh, and scare them away, but I also want them to, to understand what we should be doing is eating as much local as possible. Um, and it's not just because that's a trend. I don't think it's a trend. I think that it's uh, it's here to stay, uh, and I think it's something that we all need to embrace because not only does it help us, you know, economically in, in our environment, but, you know, it, it builds business. It builds, you know, the, the community together. It helps other restaurants grow because it educates the diners to know what is what is in season and what is now. Um, but that's a whole other tangent that can go on for hours. So of course. Now. And, and we, we've talked about this before. I mean, you're right. It's not a trend. This isn't – this is reality. And not only that, you're, you're getting the best flavors of things. I mean, one of the things I, I mentioned in the review, just to transition over to that briefly, is salads. I mean, that tomato salad that ran through the summer. Right. I haven't had a better salad than that anywhere in Rochester. Thank you. It's really simple. Right. And that's... There's... Yeah, there's almost nothing complicated about it. It's tomatoes that are amazingly fresh. Tomatoes that are crazy sweet. Right. And just fresh greens, you know, maybe a pickled thing here and there and a, a dressing that's acidic and it's simple. You know, that's, you know, people always ask me, you know, like, what, what style of food do you cook? You know, like, what's your favorite thing to eat? What's, what's your favorite style of food to eat? To me, it's simple. And that's what it is. It's, it's simple food because if you if you take the right product that is is in season and is you know picked the day before you eat it or a couple days before you eat it, that flavor can you know you can't touch that flavor unless you use that exactly. Um, it, and I see no reason to not use local because of that. Um, you know, it, not only is it easier for me to make your food because I don't have to do much to it because <laughs> I let the food speak for itself, but you know it, it is a beautiful flavor. I unfortunately had to make some soup a week and a half ago with some non-local butternut squash. Um, days after I made some soup from some local acorn squash, and it was night and day different. Sure, 
the acorn squash took me, you know, not including the time of roasting the squash, 20 minutes to make. The butternut squash, not including roasting time, took me about an hour to get it to the flavor that I was wow. looking for because it wasn't locally grown. It was mass-produced, you know, butternut squash. Um, we like to let our food speak for itself. Little ingredients as possible. So... Yeah, in the, at the end of the day, you really have to, it has to taste good. Yes. And I've done that before when I'm trying to, you know, build a broth or build, build a stock out of something, and you're struggling, and you're adding this, you're adding that, you're trying to get that that depth of flavor where it's not that one note, one note boringness, which right. a lot of soups really can be. I mean, if you're just salty, if you're just anything, it can get, it can get brutal. I mean, when it's just, oh, it's just soup. Right. You it, know, and, and you build those flavors from using beautiful products and you know, soup does not have to be your scraps. Yeah. Soup, soup should not start from that. I mean, it's great. It's you know, it's very cost effective, but soup should be made from the best po- possible products that you can use. Yeah. So, well, so since this is, I mean, this is really a follow up to my city paper reviews. It's been a good excuse for me to actually get out and talk to people again. Right. Um, let's cover the review real quick. Um, so, um, you definitely read it. I've yes. seen it around. Um, what was your opinion of how it went what's your what's your thoughts about it? i mean i'm also looking for critiques too you know i thought it was very well written um it's been uh, it was you know uh, i always like reading reviews i also hate reading reviews because i'm always nervous of what's going to be written in a review um and you know i can take and we can take negative criticism um because you know everyone has their own opinion about the situation um and we're never offended by someone's negative remarks um, but do we like to see positive things written about us? Obviously, we do. Um, but even from positive things, we find negatives within it because that's how you make yourself better every day. Um, I thought that was one of the nicest reviews written, and not just because it was about us and it was a positive review. It was just extremely well written, well received by the general public. Um, and even the things that you had to, to I want to say negatively say, but things that you weren't happy with, that you know you need a little more salt on this. But you know you followed it up with the fact that you were. Uh, a big fan of salt and I as well and you know and we reviewed that and we reviewed our techniques and our steps in, in making those dishes to to make it better um, you know and I and, and agrees with you on our our pie crust I know your feelings on, on, on pizza um, and I think yeah. a lot of people who follow you do and you know I agree with you you know a, a brick oven pizza a wood-fired pizza is different than not wood-fired um, and it's gonna it will never be the same it can never be the same and you know and, and I appreciate the way that you wrote that you know it complemented the toppings well because that's you know we're not here to to be that traditional 100 percent authentic italian restaurant um again i go back to the name it says style in our name um and you know we like to have fun with it again bringing those bold flavors and that seasonality to what we do um you know we heard nothing but positive reviews about the reviews from our customers um um, being new customers and old customers, um, close friends of mine who work in the industry, as well as writers of mine who work in the, the same field, um, thought it was a, a well-written piece. Um, and, you know, we, we spoke about it. Sure. And you know, and you you know, you were very happy with it, just as as I was as well. And even if it was a negative review towards us, um, I would have been okay with it because the way it was written. You're a very honest writer when you write things. Um, you know, the only negative backlash that I have heard is that you know. Your track record with me, you know, you've been a sure. Not to say you've been a fan, but you've been a fan. You know, you've known, you know, my your first podcast was with me. Yeah. Um, you know, we were neighbors for quite some time with the truck. Yeah, um, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I know that you're an honest person when you write, um, because of your previous 
writings, not just in, in the city newspaper, but on your blog. Um, you're open and honest about it, and that's what I appreciate. And we've had conversation at length about about that. Um, and everyone can have their own feelings and thoughts about things and not be the same as mine and yours. Um, so, you know, I, I loved it, you know. Um, and again, as I said, it could have been a negative review, and I would have taken it positively because for me, it's always about building the next day and making the next day better. So, you know, you, you didn't like this because it didn't have enough much salt in it, so now it's let's make sure that this dish has that salt level sure. that, we're, that we're looking for. Um, well, I think that's, that's one of the things I've been concerned about myself is if I'm going to go back and review some of my favorite places, I have developed relationships because I'm, I'm not anonymous. I go out there. I've talked, right. I've talked to people, and especially people that I enjoy and food that I've appreciated. I mean, I'm, I won't hide the fact that I'm, I'm a regular here. I come here often. I tried to make it as objective as I could. Right while still entering my opinions and feelings about it. I mean, I I tried to come out and say it as clear as I could. I, I didn't, you know, it, it's hard. Right. Because, I mean, we've talked a lot. We've, we've hung out here. We've been at other events. I didn't want it to be a, it's not a fluff piece. Right. It was important to me that it not be that. And I don't, I don't think, sorry for interrupting, I don't think it's it a fluff piece, fluff piece at all. And I'm not saying that because it was about us. Right. Um, I think most people who know fluff pieces no one wants a fluff piece um you know it was very uh, to the point about the food there was more about the food than there was about anything else and it was and that's what to me as a, as a, a diner looking to go out that's what i'm looking for you know uh, i don't really care as you know recently we've had some negative reviews about our ambiance in this establishment uh to me it's not really about the ambiance it's about the food that you eat um i don't really have a problem with this way this place looks um sorry if, if you are one of those people who wrote about that um and then personally like so we're jumping back and forth sorry. now like it's it's not a it's not the super trendiest place right. I mean, i think we can all agree on that it's not it's not trotta it's not the city grill it's not the revelry right. it's it's not going to be those places because it's where it's located what it is right it's it's comfortable it's nice that's about as far as I'd go. Right, and that's you know that's what when that's what we were going for. We weren't looking for the outlandish, loud, and and some would say obnoxious decor inside <laughs> of a place. And that's not a stab at any any location. Um, you know, we wanted it to be simple because again, it reflects the food, it, the simplicity of the food, and, and using what we're doing. Um, so I'm gonna stop myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> so so like I said, I, I appreciate I appreciate your thoughts about the review. You know, I, I thought you never know. There's always going to be different viewpoints on. There's always going to be different feedback. Right. And for somebody that want, I want to grow. I want to be a better reviewer. I want to hear those criticisms from people. I don't. I'm out there. Right. I'm not. I'm not a reviewer who. I mean, a lot of people are going to know me. Eventually, you know, it's it's like I'm not. I'm not unknown. I try to get out there. I try to talk to the people. Right. It's a conscious effort on my part to be a part of the community. And not, and not just throw out salvos and really try and go out there. I did a podcast recently with the guy from uh, Trey Yeager from Havana Cabana. That was not a positive review. I went on and I talked to the guy because it's important to me to, if I'm going to do these follow-ups, not just come and talk to you right. or somebody else that was positive. Talk to everybody that I write about. Right. And, you know, and I think that being part of the community is great. I don't think writers need to be anonymous. You know, I mean, it, it, to me, the the... Being anonymous isn't being honest. 
you know, not that every time you come in here, am I thinking that you're going to review us or you're writing a blog about us? You know, uh, it, it's it's growing the community because that's what we need to do. Uh, I believe that the food scene in Rochester is, you know, it's ever changing and it's ever growing and only hopefully for the better. Um, but I think people cook in fear <laughs> of what is going to be said. Yeah. And it's not just from, from you as a food writer or a food blogger, but from Yelpers, anonymous reviewers, and the day-to-day customer. I think a lot of people cook in fear of that, that, that one negative review is going to, to, to hurt their business, which it could. Sure. It could most definitely do that. But at the same time, if it does, then maybe it is true of what was said. Um, and, you know, we, we need to, to know that. You need to take all criticism, both positive and negative, and, and, and just make yourself better. Yeah. Because that's the only way that the scene in Rochester is going to be what it needs to be and what it can be. I believe that there's a lot of talented chefs in Rochester who are not cooking to their fullest. I think there's a lot of chefs in Rochester who are cooking beyond their extreme. Uh, and again, that's not a stab at anyone in particular. Sure. It's just the way it is. And I think it's not just Rochester. It's all over the nation. Um, you know, So, I mean, honest reviews are great reviews. Being in the community, working with the community, letting people know who you are, it only builds the community. Yeah, I mean, it should be a straightforward thing. I mean, it shouldn't be scary when somebody reviews you if the person writing is being honest. Right. It's, I think the biggest issue, and I was briefly on Evan Dawson's radio show a few weeks ago when they were talking about Yelp. It was, um, I forget the lady's name, from The Gatehouse and a couple of the DNC writers. And there was a lot of, to- a lot of conversation about anonymity and about that occasionally vitriolic tone that Yelp and these sites can that that can build there because of that anonymity. Right. Um, Because you can throw out these, like I said, those kind of salvos where you're really just saying, you know, I didn't like the look of that one thing and, you know, I'll never come back here. I hate everybody. Right. It's not constructive. And I I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good writers out there on Yelp. Um, I think there's some good writers in the papers. I think there's some good writers out there when they take the time to, be cautious about what they're saying, to think about what they're writing, and take that time to really try and contribute to the conversation. Um, there's value everywhere, and then there's, you know, there's static. There's a lot of static. There's a lot of static. Um, I, don't, I don't know what the right answer is, and that's it's a tough conversation because that stuff's not going away. Right. Yelp's not going away. Yelp is not. As much as people are for it or against it, I will abstain from saying anything in my feelings on Yelp uh, but it's not going anywhere and you have to take it with a grain of salt you have to base your own reviews and your own thoughts on, on, on going yourself just because <clears throat> we'll say just because you didn't like this one place doesn't mean I'm not going to love it Sure. You know, it could be you having a bad day it could be the kitchen having a bad day it could be the service staff having a bad day um, I think everyone has a bad day um, You know, we try not to everyone tries not to not just in this industry but in your job yeah. and everyone else's job um so you have to take things with a grain of salt, and you have to, you know, try it yourself to till you can make that judgment. You can't pass judgment on someone because or something because of what so and so said about that. Yeah, um, all it is, it's just a picture in time. Right. It's a picture in time, whether it's one one visit, two visits, three visits, ten visits. Right. It's a picture in time as to what you had then and what your personal experience was. Everything has to be taken with a grain of salt. It's it's an opinion. It's through somebody else's eyes. It's through my eyes. I've I have my own taste. Right. And I think they drag farther towards chef's tastes than they do the general public's taste. Right. I like different food. I like extreme flavors. I like explosive things. It's not for everybody. 
I know my dad hates what I like. He doesn't like my food. I understand that 100%. <laughs> he, he, really, he really dislikes it. And I, I understand that. If I went heavy on the herbs and I cooked it home for him, he's going to hate every single bite of it. Right. It's, it's not for everybody. Um, anyways, we could talk about tastes and yes. reviews all day. So <laughs> you talked about that, that learning process, you, you in particular. I've thought it's interesting that, I mean, your staff here is, tends to be on the younger side got a younger kitchen staff and yes it seems like there's a lot of education going on and there's some talent you know some talent going on back there too and when you're you seems like you're teaching too and while you're also trying to learn yeah you know i think uh <clears throat> sean is extremely talented he's extremely young um and every day is a growing process for the both of us um you know i may teach him something and he may teach me something at the same time and, and not know it um you know we, it, it is part of our daily routine that we talk food um, it may not be what we're doing today. It may not be Italian. It could be what's going on in the food scene in Singapore, or you know, it's something happening in Dallas, Texas, or you know, other than Ebola. Exactly, other than Ebola. <laughs> uh, it could be something happening in some you know hole in the wall place in the city that I never knew about. Um, you know, we 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 try to um, educate ourselves. Um, try to challenge each other, uh, and you know that's the whole point of this. If you come to work every day to cook. To make food, to get a check, to go home, go home. Don't come back. Um, I like to be challenged. I like customers to come in and throw a word at me that I've never heard because I'll be the first one to admit that I don't know everything. And if you can say that you know everything, again, go home because you don't know everything. Um, I think if you can't challenge your staff and they can't challenge you, then then there's something wrong there because education is, is both ways. It's not a one-way street. And, you know, and Sean has prospered in, you know, the, the nine and a half months that we've worked together, uh, leaps and bounds. Uh, and, and because of that, that's challenged me to, to, to learn more so I can teach more and vice versa. Uh, and, you know, and, and even with the service staff, you know, we get new wines in. I don't know everything about the wines. I'm the last person that you should ask a question about wine, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, I learn it when I get it and I read up about it. Uh, you know, and I have weights, a service staff that that does that and tastes that and learns that and teaches us and that helps me when writing the menus you know um you know and we we, we work hand in hand with our farmers uh, we we write menus around what they have we don't write a menu and ask if they have that uh, and you know sean is 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 very strong-handedly a part of that uh, you know we we get our deliveries from our farmers it's not coming on a truck and it's not Jim Bob that doesn't know anything, you know, he's, they're, the, they're the actual farmers. Um, we just recently got a new squash in that I'd never heard of before, um, and the farmer sat down and talked to us about it. And, and, you know, a squash is a squash, but they all have different flavors. They can all be prepared the same way, but they, they bring different starch levels and, and acid levels and flavors, you know. And, we, and you know, when it's when it's fresh and when it's seasonal, it's going to be different than correct. whether it's a couple months out and it was starting in a, starting a greenhouse or whatever. Yes. Yeah. always going to be different. Always going to be different, you know. And, and you know, we... We trade books. We're a human library. We're also we also have a library. You know, we, we, we all bring in new books. You know, at least once or twice a week, we bring in new books and trade them off with each other. Take them home, read them, learn them um, as much as we can. Uh, and that's you know, to me, that's very important. You know, and I take that from a lot of people. I see that happening in a lot of kitchens, and those are the chefs that I, I truly respect and and look up to because you know you, you have to learn. You know, uh, and, and and it may not be you may not be knowing that you're educating somebody because you may be doing something wrong. <laughs> that person will realize that it's wrong, and they'll they'll learn from that to make it right. Um, so, I mean, education is 
what it's about to me. Yeah, and I, I've appreciated. I've come here by myself when I got nothing else to do, and I I've sat there and just read some of the books. I mean, at least right. just sat there and enjoyed it. And I've never been a big cookbook guy. I've never really owned a lot. I use a lot of internet resources because it's 2014. Right. Um, but you know, it's it's different to read a, a fully themed, well thought out piece. There was one of there was one up there about uh, New York New York produce. Yep. It was themed directly. All it was was New York produce and New York goods, and it was just straight up. This is this thing. Let's do three things and move on to the next one. Yeah. It wasn't forcing itself onto anything other than what the produce was. I thought it was a fascinating way to write about a topic. It is a yeah. That's a, that's a really good book, and that's uh, what we need to do. Yeah. It, it was really it was really straight up. It's like hey, this is apples. Here's five apple dishes. Next thing. <laughs> right. And another one which I'd never thought about was Italian th- food through the Australian viewpoint. I mean, it's, like, who's going to think about that here in upstate New York? Right. But gets you thinking about that global influence. Like, hey, what does Australia do? And why can they do us? Why other can they kangaroo. do that? <laughs> other than kangaroo meat. Right. Um, I mean, what, what can they do? I mean, oh, they grow olives. Who knew that they grew olives and made their own olive oil? Right. It might be really good olive oil, and nobody's buying it here. Right. Yeah. That sounds no, cool. Nobody knows about it. Right. You know, and, that, and that, that's, I mean, that's the continuing education part. I mean, it's, that's why we buy books. I know it's 2014, and it's the year of the Internet. <laughs> um, I have an issue with uh, digital copies of, of books um, because it's, I like the physical copy. I like to look at it, be able to take notes on it, change things that I don't like. You know, I, we, we use a lot of books as resources. Um, sometimes, not going to lie, just cop one straight out of the book and use it. But a lot of times we take the books and we take the ideas from the books and, and make it our own and make it local and seasonal. As you were saying with the Australian Italian view through the Australian eye, you know, it's I mean it's we're in upstate New York. We don't have everything that Italy has, you know, no. so you have to you have to work around that. Um, well I think that's the real picture I mean, to get more philosophical about it, that's the real picture of a cuisine. It's not it's not you're importing every single thing from Italy and you're using their food. It can be Italian food through what's here right. and that's what Italian food really is if you break it down it's simple food simple ingredients done as fresh as possible and just presented to the diner as simply as you can that, right. that's Italian food from the houses you know from the, from the countryside right I'm not a big uh, frou-frou plater you know as you, you've been here you know that sure you know um, I get it I do uh, but at the same time I don't for my own plating for what we're doing because as you say it's simple and it's straightforward food um, you know we try to make it as pretty as possible sometimes it may not come off that way uh, but you know we enjoy it again I'll refrain from saying it <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we, we could both get ourselves in trouble really quickly if we just go off on things but that's not what we're here about right correct um, so going into something I was thinking about recently I've tried to tackle some of the higher-end burgers in town. Okay. Um, we've talked about burgers before. Yeah. I think it's a it's a tough topic. Um, and that's something that was actually that was really good on the truck. One that my wife still talks about when we go out for burgers. She's like, oh, this this was my burger. This was my thing. Right. I'm like, oh, well, well what, is, what is the burger now? Where, where are we going? Um, what's, what's some of your favorite burgers in town right now? You know, I really enjoy the burger at Char. Um, I've had it twice for lunch. And, you know, not only has it been spot on with the cooking, um, I, I like the, the crust. For me, that is a burger. If it doesn't have a crust, I won't eat it. 
Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Uh, I'll still eat it. You know, there's different levels of burgers. You know, if you for got sure. to, you got to, for me, I'm not a big fast food eater. In fact, I limit my fast food to none. Um, other than, you know, Five Guys, that is about as fast food as I get. Um, technically, it is fast food. Um, but that's a greasy burger cooked on a flat top. Um, you know, and it's the old school. For me, it's the old school, like, grandma style, thin patty, smash down. Um, there is no crust on it, but it, it brings a lot of flavors because you can build your own burger. So I enjoy that. Um, you know, burgers at restaurants, you know, um, char, I mean, has to be my favorite right now in, in Rochester. Um, yeah, we went the other day for the first time. Um, I thought it was really well cooked. Right. You know, they're doing it over at least charcoal of some sort or wood of some sort. It's got that smell. Yep. It's got a hard crust, but it was cooked to medium rare perfectly. You know, I of course, there's always nitpicky things, but it's it was a good, solid, everything was right burger. You know, you could tweak a couple things. It could be a little beefier, could, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but when there's minor things only, that's really good. Right. I mean, you're, there's always something to tweak, but it, it was really solid through and through. I mean, my favorite burger was my burger, <laughs> uh, which is hard to obtain because, you know, it's... Uh, you need you need either a charcoal grill where you can get it, excuse me, super hot so you can get that nice char on it, or you need a flat top but super hot so you can get that double crisp. Um, there's not many people in town that you know you know do burgers that uh, I don't know. I'm not a big. I like burgers. Let me, let me preface this statement. I like burgers, but I have to be really in the mood to have a burger. So it's hard for me to go out to eat. When I go out to eat, which is very limited. Um, I like to make sure that I'm eating a full meal of, of a wide variety of stuff. And burgers usually don't make it onto the plate um, because a burger to me can be just a burger. Yeah. It has to be a really good burger for me to want to eat the burger. You know, I'm a big fan of people who are grinding their own meat, making their own burger patties. Uh, Max Shop House does a, a, you know, a three-meat blend, and I'm a big fan of that. I mean, that was basically the recipe that we wanted to do on the truck um, with brisket added to it, which we didn't do. Um, which makes – it does make for a really nice burger because brisket's got that just intense beefy. Yes. You know, I'm really excited for, you know, preface for uh, uh, Black Market Food Trucks Burger burger Place that they're opening up. Um, yeah, I'm excited I mean, that's... about that. We've been, we've been in talks for a while about, uh, you know, burger recipes, and they're going to they're gonna do some stuff out there with that. So I'm excited to go try that when it finally opens. Um, and uh, just to preface, I mean, some people might not have heard of them. They're a Buffalo Food Truck who is, I've had their food a couple of times, and it's pretty fantastic yeah. stuff. And they're opening their own restaurant uh downtown i don't know exactly what neighborhood it's uh I, you know to be honest with you i don't it's genesee street i believe uh it's gonna be called marble and rye it's gonna which, be it sounds fantastic i mean the i mean we'll touch on the buffalo scene at the end just because it's <laughs> i think we're both appreciating what's going on out yeah. there um but, but yeah this the worst burger i've had in town in the last six months um kind of hard to say i mean i probably shouldn't say that but you know uh, there's been some bad burgers and it, it, to me it all comes down to how it's cooked if you let the burger rest before you put it on the plate critical it's you know it's it, if you're not using if you're doing a thin patty you don't need to rest it because there's not you're not cooking it to a temperature if you're doing a thick patty and you're you're taking a temp on it it's very key that you rest that burger because it's not it's going to be it's going to be bloody the bun's going to the bun has to hold the meat if the bun doesn't hold the meat there's no burger behind it yeah. you're eating a patty of beef yeah um I'm a little bit excited about a um, uh, place that's going to open in the Southwich, hopefully called Swill Burger. I'm I've pretty, heard a lot about this. But I'm pretty yeah. interested about it. I mean, it's obviously not open yet. Who knows what it's going to be. Right. But it sounds like it's going down the route of that, of the current trend, that upscale, upscale, low-scale burger. Right. Which is that smash style. It's that 
you know, you're still sourcing, you're still blending your meat, you're getting that crust, your simple toppings. Which, I mean, if you're going to eat it, let's do it right, let's do it simple, and let's get in and get out. It's right. a burger in right. the end. It should be delicious, and it should be simple. I agree. You know, right. and, I, and I've heard a lot about this little burger, but, you know, I've been waiting. We'll see what happens. And, then, again, that's not – no disrespect, you know. It's a, yeah. it's a tough business to open a business. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's so many permits and regulations that hold you up. Um, so, hopefully, I wish them well and, and they can actually, you know, get open soon because, you know, I do crave burgers. And that, that's the style of burger I crave. Oh, for sure. You know, I like a – you know, I don't get me wrong. I do like a nice mid-rare fat burger, but I do like that smash burger covered with, you know, you know some beautiful toppings. Mm. Um, Killing me right now. I know. <laughs> yeah, now, now I'm thinking burgers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we talked Buffalo. I mean, you've done more exploring in the Buffalo scene than I have, even though I grew up in the area and obviously have relationships with some of the chefs out there. Um, I mean, there, there's, I think for me, the most exciting part about it is there's new, interesting places popping up on a regular basis out there. Well, it seems like we're, we're not getting that, that constant growth of excitement. You know, I think, uh, I think a lot of people think of Buffalo and Rochester, and they're like, oh, Buffalo. You know, not much to it. Um, but there is. There's a lot more going on in Buffalo. Buffalo, you have to remember, is, is I don't know what the size difference, but Buffalo's bigger than Rochester. It is. Um, you know, a lot of people think Buffalo's poor. Well, they're not really that poor if, you know, 11 restaurants can open this summer, and, you know, three more already slated for, for 2015, um, and they're sustaining. Um, how long they sustain is a different question. Um, but I agree with you that there's not much growth here in Rochester right now. You know, we've had, what, four restaurants open up this summer, um, of which, you know, they're all going to, so far, they've sustained and they're, and they're, they're, they're continuing to grow. Wish yeah. them all well. Yeah, they all um, seem pretty popular, but it's, they're, they're, all, they're all nice and they're all, I've been to most of them. For me, it's not capturing that next trend. Correct. It seems like it's capturing what used to be. It's capturing the previous trend. Right. Which, yeah. it's fine. We need that because we don't have a lot of that. I think Rochester's been known that for that for a while um, in the food scene. And, and not just the food scene, everything. Yeah. You know, you name it. We're, we're behind in the time. And that's, you know, that's what Rochester's known for, um, which is, you know, kind of sad, but that's what we are. Um, I, think it, I think it'll happen soon. I think Rochester will, um, a couple places will open up in the next year and, you know, could change the, the face of uh, the culinary map. Um, I would like it to happen because, you know, they're, 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 you know there's a lot of restaurants um, in Rochester, but not for me, not a lot of places I want to go eat. And that's no disrespect to, to the people cooking. It's no disrespect to the owners or the food that they're serving. It's just not what I'm looking for. Sure. Um, I'm looking for something different. Uh, and I think Buffalo scene, there is, they're closer to Canada. Um, you know, they, they're, they're feeding off of what's happening in Toronto. You know, they're, they're behind the time too. But we don't think that they are because they're ahead of us. Yeah. Um, you know, they're behind the time a little bit, but they're slowly catching up. And, you know, they're following foots of, of, of Cleveland, of, you know, of Toronto. And, you know, we're, we're following behind them and moving in that, in that movement. So I think it'll happen. I mean, I just don't think that we're going to – we're never going to be Austin. We're never going to be New York. We're never going to be L.A. I um, mean, it, it seems like there's, there's still this upstart feel. We've got, we've got talented people, and maybe it's young still. I, mean, I think because the more I run into – not I mean – I'm feeling old at 31, but I mean, <laughs> the more I run run into the younger people trying to do cool things, it's it's not maybe not the quantity. But we've got some really quality places trying to push the boundaries. Oh, I agree. I mean, you know, maybe we don't have a million, we don't have these cool new restaurants, perhaps. But you know, I go to 
So one of my favorite places, Joe Bean Coffee. I'm a super regular. I'm there all the time. That's truly high-level national coffee. Right. It's as good as anywhere I've had, anywhere in the country, Toronto, Seattle, San Francisco, Chicago. I mean, this is truly high-level stuff. And they're, they're pushing all the time to do interesting, different stuff. And I love seeing that because they are a small business. It's a family-run business. And it's creative, and they're pushing the boundaries. Now, not everybody's going to do that. But the more I see that, the more people come from that, and you know, the more people trying to train the young people into the excited people trying to get these new concepts out there. And maybe it's not now. Maybe it's three, four years from now. I think I think we're in a turnover point. You know, I think everything always turns over, and you know, you go from the old to the new, changing the guard, if you will. And I, I agree with you. I think that in the next three or four years, that things are going to change. But but now is the time to start the change, and and by that, it's educating. The customer and the consumer about what is now, yeah. not about what is five years from now. Get it, get it going now, right? Um, and, and and prosper those small businesses because if, that's the backbone, yeah. and, and that's the only way it's going to grow. Because you you take these families or these family-run operations or these quasi-families, and and they get excited, they get you excited. They're going to only get more excited to, to do more things and to spread the the love and the wealth. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean financially. I mean like more businesses and take it other places yeah and when it's not combative because another place that's doing this thing well is only going to help everybody else I, oh, I mean yeah. competition is, is key people you don't understand I mean it, it, McDonald's and Burger King open up across the street from each other why because they drive business to each other I mean and it's if they're doing it we can do it um, you shouldn't be afraid of yeah. Another coffee place. I shouldn't be afraid of another Italian restaurant. You shouldn't be afraid of another food blogger or another writer for the city paper because that only drives you to be better at what you're doing and, and brings business. Yeah, and I love that because it's we need more people who are excited about things. Right. We need more people who want to, to be a part of the community, who want to be excited about food and be excited about Rochester. I mean, not everything's for everybody. but There's people that are excited about Rochester. Right. I mean... You know, they got the people behind the Rochester area. I mean, it's it's a city guide, but they're excited about Rochester. Right. They're, they're pushing all the time for Rochester. And there's, like I said, the smaller businesses and the bigger businesses that are living here. I mean, you got the new, the new grocery store downtown, which is cool and actually really good food, too. I mean, I've, yet, I've, I've yet to go eat anything there. I've, I've been there at the shop, and I agree with you that it's a great thing, but I haven't eaten yet. Yeah, I stopped in for breakfast a couple times and a couple sandwiches. Simple, good food. But, right. I mean, this is, yeah, this is a cool time to be here, I think, because I think there is changes now. We just got to keep on talking about it and keep on pushing it. Right. And keep on doing things about it, not just talking. So I agree. You know, I, I'm full, full in on Rochester. I moved away nine years ago, or I moved back, I should say. Moved away, lived away for nine years, and I've been back for eight now. Uh, and, you know, the moment I got back to Rochester, you know, I was kind of bummed. Why did I come back to Rochester? I'm not going to lie. Rochester winters are hard after you live down south. Uh, but, you know, once I started working back in the scene in Rochester, I mean, it's it's a beautiful city. There's beautiful people that mean well and want well and, and want this to, to work. And I don't think that um, anyone else is going to change it but us. I don't think – not and by us, I don't mean you and I, Chris. I right. Mean, I mean, us is, is today's quote-unquote youth. I'm not that young. Uh, but, you know, it, it is our time to, to – I don't want to say take over the city. I'm not calling for an uprise. But, you know, <laughs> it, you know we just need to, to work together and to build the city, to, to educate the city, to, you know, move the city forward. Because if we don't do it, 
the other people aren't. Okay. You know, and and it's it's key. So yeah, I mean, and the more when we do go outside, when we do go to Boston, when we do drive to Toronto, or you go to New York or Chicago or San Francisco, don't forget about those things either. Right. Don't don't think that we can't have that stuff. I mean, I think that we have there's that potential here. And when you go, try to remember that, you know, you know, okay, there's a Chinatown in Toronto. Well, maybe we can get some cool stuff like that. Right. We can get these these neat new things like Buffalo's getting and like Toronto has had. And when I go up and I enjoy those restaurants, I'm like, okay, I can expect these kind of things. And when I go talk to people, I'm like, why aren't we doing these things? Right. And you hope that people get those ideas too because it's there's cool stuff. There is. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about Toronto before and other cities and um. it's – it's, it's one blast. of my favorite cities right now. Yeah, it's uh, a blast, and it's three hours away. Right. I mean, people should go explore and see what's there. It's three hours away legitimately. You can make a day trip to Toronto. Correct. And not kill yourself driving. Right. You may kill yourself eating all the good food, <laughs> but not kill yourself driving. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> uh, you know, it, no, it changes now, and it, it's happening. It's slowly happening. But, I mean, it always happens every day, um, and I'm sure it's happened, you know, three, four years ago there was a turnover, and, and you know, we all hoped together that it was going to work and, and, and push forward. Um, but, you know, that's the, the issue of working together. Um, you know, we, we've tried in the past, a, a handful of chefs and I have tried in the past to, to collectively get groups of people together and, and speak about um, the food scene. Yeah, and to, which is definitely one of the things I'm jealous about in Buffalo because it's, I love the fact that people it's, are doing that. It's ridiculous. I it's, love it. It's ridiculous the fact that, you know, I could own a restaurant and have two dishwashers on tonight, Chris, and you could not have any, and you could call me and I could send you a dishwasher. Um, you know, that only happens here in, in Rochester with uh, small companies, small corporations, if you will. Right. Um, you know, they, they trade secrets. They trade recipes. They trade ideas. They work on things together because that builds the scene, the community. Um, and that also lets you know that we're friends and that we're not trying to steal each other's business because at the end of the day, I need you to be open because I need your server to make money tonight to come eat with me tomorrow night and vice versa, as well as I need your server to, to, or bartender to eat at my establishment to talk about mine at yours because that's what it's about. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, It's extremely nerve-wracking to look at Buffalo and see how close they work hand-in-hand um, you know, obviously, there's some some outliers that that don't want to do that, and there's always going to be that. But you know, they work hand in hand together, and they go do things together. They go out to drink together, they go out to eat together, they go to Canada together, you know, and then they come back and they go to work, and they do their own thing. But you know, they did things together to build their own education. You know, we we tried here. You know, um, I'm not calling anybody out, but I'm just saying if you if you want to to, to talk about food, you know where to find me. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I welcome anyone and everyone um, because, as we said before, change is now and we're the ones who are going to change it. And if we don't work together collectively, that's not going to happen. We're going to be cooking the same chicken French 10 years from now that we've been cooking for the last 35 years. Mm, chicken and, French. And, you know, sorry for whoever's out there still <laughs> cooking it. But, you know, that's, that's what Rochester's known for garbage plates and chicken French. And we are so much better than that. Yeah. So much better than that. And, you know, it's the fact that we, we a lot of places don't strive to be better because they're in this rut or because the customer came back day after day to eat it. You know, if you educate that diner that there's something better than chicken French or a garbage plate, which, you know, not going to lie, I've eaten it and I've enjoyed it. Sure. You know, but there is so much more out there. Well, um, I can't say I've enjoyed chicken French. I, I've yeah. enjoyed a garbage plate, I won't too. say that. Yeah, but I've always, always <laughs> been drunk on a garbage plate. Um, 
you know, uh, but Buffalo Buffalo is doing it right. But again, like I said, they they took that idea from Toronto. There's the group of seven. You know, there's a bunch of groups in Toronto that, that collectively work together, and then there's one large group that works together. Um, you know, and Buffalo Buffalo has been watching for for years at the the scene in Toronto blowing up. It's not not new that Toronto's got a food scene. It's been happening for decades. You know, and Buffalo's been behind that, and they've been watching that. And now it's our turn to to follow suit and to do the same because. I mean, I can't preach that enough. Yeah. Well, hell, you got me excited. And that's kind of always why I like talking to you. It gets, yeah. gets me excited about things. I yeah. Mean, and that's you, why we do it, right? Yeah, yeah. You're, someone, you're someone with passion, and that's something I, from the first time I tried the food on the truck, and it's gotten me educated about certain things. I've got a growing palate. I've got a growing knowledge of food. And talking to people who are excited about it just makes me excited to keep on going. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. You and me both. So... I think that's a good place to stop because we can talk forever. Yeah. So um, thanks for taking the time, and, um, yeah, we'll be talking. Thanks, Chris. See you.